Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning. It is Friday, October 2nd. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined today by Brandon Marcello, National College Football Reporter for 24-7 Sports. Brandon has been on the road the last two weeks, but he's probably excited to settle into uh, to the sofa for a really interesting week five. I think we're calling it week five, Brandon. Week two in the SEC, <laughs> week five in the rest of college football, but it's going to be a good one, huh? Yeah, this is a huge, huge weekend. It's the biggest one yet, um, and we've got some big-time matchups, particularly in the SEC. Yeah, so the SEC is going to be uh, – we're going to – we'll end our podcast uh, talking about the big one in the conference um, on Saturday. What we're going to do is we're, we, we've we uh, picked four games to preview, so I'm going to tee you up for all of those, Brandon. We're going to start TCU – at number nine, Texas. Texas is an 11 and a half point favorite, according to the William Hill Sportsbook. That's going to be on Fox at noon um, in Eastern time. Texas is 2 and 0, having barely beaten Texas Tech. TCU is 0 and 1. This series is really weird. Texas won in 2018, but that was the first time they had done so in four years, and then they lost last year in Fort Worth. 11 and a half seems big to me. Uh, what are you thinking about this game, Brandon? Yeah, uh, this is going to be Texas's the Texas offense's biggest test until maybe the rest of the season. I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Oklahoma State actually. That's no. That's a great point. That's a great point. I have not thought about it like that. Like I want you to keep going, but this is this TCU defense should like tell us whether Mike Yurchich is is going to be yeah. the real deal. Yeah, um, and I, I say that having said this, I mean with I mean TCU gave up a lot of points at Iowa State, but. Uh, still a strong, strong defense. And I think that once TCU settles things down at, on offense with whoever the quarterback's going to be, I think they'll, as a team, get more in a rhythm. But um, but TCU's defense is going to be interesting. You know, at Iowa State, the issue for them was not necessarily defending the pass. It was defending the run. They allowed over 200 yards rushing against Iowa State in that loss. And to me, Texas, of course, when I think of them, I think of the, the pass offense with Sam Ellinger, and he's got 10 touchdowns, one interception, but he has not faced a defensive backfield like TCU has yet. Uh, that's obvious in these first two games he's played, especially Texas Tech. Um, Trayvon Merrick and Ardarius Washington are potentially going to give him fits. In addition to Garrett Wallow at linebacker, this is going to be the toughest test for them until they play Oklahoma State of the season uh, for Texas's offense. So that's why this is one of the games that are very interesting to me because I legitimately think TCU's not only got a chance to beat Texas, I think out of all the upsets, this is maybe one I would pick. Uh, even though it's at Texas, as you mentioned, 
Gary Patterson's had Texas's number. They've won every game since 2014 other than 2018. They won by 10 last year in Fort Worth. Um, I think this could be a very interesting game to watch. I just wonder if TCU can be a little bit more consistent uh, offensively and also defensively when it comes to stopping the run. But if they could force Texas into some mistakes, into some turnovers like they did last year, TCU could win this. Yeah, TCU ruined Texas' season last year. They beat them uh, right after Texas had lost to Oklahoma. Sam Ellinger threw four interceptions against TCU. Gary Patterson just if, – if you could ask Gary which team on, on his schedule he wanted to beat, he would say Texas. So, yeah, you're right. It's 11 and a half. It feels to me like more of a toss-up. We'll see. And I, I am so fascinated that we're talking about it as far as – in the light of this is Texas's toughest test for maybe the whole season because they play OU the week after. And usually that's, that's the test, but this TCU defense could be, could be trouble. Um, Speaking of trouble, number 13, Texas A&M at number two, Alabama, the tied are an 18 point favorite. This is CBS three thirty game. I just feel like if Kellen Mond doesn't play well, I don't know if he'll win, but he has to at least play well. If, If he doesn't do that, he might not be the Aggies' starting quarterback by mid-October, but that might be too micro of a take. The take for you, I, I don't know, might be like this is when we find out really how good Alabama or even A&M are. Yeah, I, I think that's what's going to happen is we're going to see that Alabama is just very, very good, and they're going to demolish Texas A&M. I don't think A&M is going to be able to run against them, and definitely I don't believe they're going to be able to throw against Alabama's defense. Uh, Kellen Mond just does not have it. And he doesn't have receivers. We all know that. His top guy left. (laughs) Two other receivers went to the NFL draft. Didn't even get drafted and didn't even get picked up in the first week of of roster cuts. That's right. So this this A&M offense, while it can score points because they've got some veteran leadership, they just don't have that explosiveness that I would expect from Kellen Mond in his final season they're in Aggie land and going against this Alabama defense that, you know, listen, we've talked about over and over again. They lost so much last year due to injuries. Those guys are all back. They're hungry. They're going to be at home for the first time this season. Nick Saban's crawled all up in their heads this week about how disappointed he was in the second half of their performance at Mizzou. I think they're just going to absolutely demolish the Aggies. And not to mention, Alabama's offense is tremendous with Mac Jones. And my favorite player by far in the SEC as of right now is Jalen Waddell, uh, the receiver at Alabama. The guy can do it all. He's a speed demon, and I can't wait to see what he does against this Aggies defense. I think think Texas A&M is going to get drilled, and it's going to be one of those games if you're a channel flipper, you're going to watch about 30 to 45 minutes of this game and realize A&M has no shot, and you're going to flip it to another game. So Kellen Mond is, I believe, one for seven um, against top 10 teams as an yeah. Aggie. Imagine that. Yeah. And he hasn't – look, he hasn't been dreadful in those games. You know, 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions, a completion percentage is a 55. You'd like it to be better, but he's – like we know what happened last year. He had to get, go against this absurd gauntlet against Clemson, Georgia, Texas, or um, Alabama, Auburn. And those teams have great defenses. But the, the problem is he's just not making any plays 
any games game breaking plays or, or plus plays that that are going to give his team a chance and and then on the flip side he's he's way too inconsistent he fumbled three times against Vanderbilt I think yeah. you're right Brandon I think this is going to be potentially rather ugly and A and M fans they'll give Jimbo Fisher a pass for a while big buyout he probably will transition to a young quarterback at some point this season but eventually they're going to keep asking when are we going to exceed Kevin Sumlin win totals here in Aggieland. So, yeah, uh, I think Nick Saban's going to have some fun on Saturday. All right, next up, number 18, Oklahoma, is a seven-point favorite at Iowa State. That's out on 7.30 Eastern time on ABC. So, OU lost last week because you weren't there to see him. Um, <laughs> and Iowa State won after really needing to, uh, after losing that opening game against uh, Louisiana. This is a weird series. Ever since Matt Campbell got to Ames, this is a close one. Uh, in 2016, OU won by 10. In 2017, Iowa State was a 31-point underdog with Kyle Kempt at quarterback and beat Baker Mayfield in Norman 38-31. to Last year, OU won by 10. And then last year, or uh, two years ago, OU won by 10. And then last year, this was a classic game. Oklahoma won by one in Norman. When And at that point of the season, it was kind of becoming clear that OU was not um, as as good as we thought that they still made the playoffs. So I feel like we're in store for a close game. I feel like Spencer Rattler is going to have something to prove, but I don't know if this is the bounce back opponent Oklahoma would have scripted for itself. Yeah, and here's the other thing. I mean, could you imagine if obviously last week happened, but Iowa State had not been beaten by Louisiana week one, we'd be looking at Iowa mm. State potentially as the favorite in this game. Um but having said that, what really interests me about this game are the two defensive lines, <laughs> not the offenses necessarily. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State's pass rusher, Jaquan Bailey, had three and a half sacks last week against TCU. Iowa State had seven sacks last week against TCU. Now, TCU, five new offensive linemen, different story, but they can have some success against this Oklahoma offensive line. And I don't know after watching last week's game that I entirely trust Spencer Rattler when he's under pressure. And here's the other thing. Oklahoma hasn't played on the road away from their stadium yet, and Spencer Rattler's never played away from the stadium in a big-time game. I know that no one's really going to be there, but it's different. Just it's, it's like going into someone else's literally house and trying to make dinner. You don't know where everything is and all that. And sure, you can cook the dinner, but you're going to be a little bit slower at it. Um, and then Oklahoma's defensive line is terrible. I, I don't know if they cannot get pressure against Brock Purdy and Iowa State. This could not only be potentially a shootout, but Iowa State might get that offense going. And if Iowa State's defensive line can keep Spencer Rattler at bay, Iowa State can maybe not only pull off the upset, but by but win by you know a touchdown or two. I'm not saying that's going to happen but the ingredients are there for Iowa State to win this game. Plus, as I mentioned earlier, not only did Iowa State have the seven sacks against TCU last week, they rushed for over 200 yards. And Brock Purdy hasn't had a really good game this year, which has been very disappointing. So they've gone to the run game a little bit. Now in a big game, this is his chance, his opportunity and I think OU's reeling a little bit. We've seen, obviously, some uh, a player leave after they lost to Kansas State. Um, I, I wonder about the locker room a little bit, and I wonder just how 
Oklahoma's defense is going to be able to deal with Iowa State because, as I mentioned, that defensive line is small and it's just not not very good. And Iowa State has an opportunity here to score some points. Yeah, I agree with you. Like two embattled quarterbacks in a way. Brock Purdy has not has not been himself. The, so I, I used to live in Iowa. So I'm on my phone. I pull up the weather report. On Saturday, I see rain. I see a high of 53, a low of 42. Ooh. That's not snow, but that's pretty miserable. Those boys up in Iowa are pretty used to that kind of weather. Uh, Spencer Rattler from Arizona. Um, <laughs> you know, like, let's like let, has he seen rain before? Yeah, you're you're probably right. Like when you when you mention the ground game and who can stop it, and when you look at Rattler versus Brock Purdy, you're probably not thinking about running the ball. But that that, that that's great uh, a great point by you, Brandon. That's potentially a key. And Oklahoma could not get stops when it needed to against Kansas State. So yep. do you think, like before we get to our last game, maybe I should have asked this when we were talking about Texas, the Big 12 playoff hopes, because I think it's been a little bit since I had you on. Um, if Oklahoma wins, they're obviously still alive, and, and you know we'll see what happens with Texas. But I think even though it's early and even though we don't know what's going to happen in the rest of the conferences, if Oklahoma starts stacking up L's, that's going to be really tough for the conference to dig its way out of because I don't know if Texas is going to run the table given what we've seen. And if they do lose and you need, you know, Oklahoma as, as a quality opponent, or even if you're Oklahoma and you want to get to the playoff, like you're not getting in there with two losses. And then if Oklahoma is not dominant this year, the conference really feels watered down. Yeah. If, if, if the big 12 wants a big 12, I want to play off team this year. Uh, Oklahoma needs to either win out. Um, and Texas continue to win as well. Uh, but to me, if Oklahoma State picks up, or excuse me, Oklahoma picks up one more loss, the two teams that the Big 12 needs to hope have great, great seasons and have no more than one loss between the two would be Texas and Oklahoma State. They would want Oklahoma State to continue winning and getting better after that kind of a disappointing win against Tulsa. And Texas would just need to beat up on people. So when Texas and Oklahoma state meet up, I what, I think it's the last week of the season, right? Or second to last it, week. I think it was going to be the last week of the season um, before the schedule got changed. And now it's, and now it's Halloween. Um, oh, that's right. That's so right. Halloween in Stillwater is oh, not, a, you know, not a fun time for Texas, but, but no, I, I keep forgetting about Oklahoma state. And they were our preseason darling. They had that bad game against Tulsa and, and Spencer Sanders is hobbled, but no, you're right. Like the conference could their lean defense, on them. Their they defense, can lean on them. Their defense is capable of winning a championship and in a big 12, or I mean, we always say big 12, they don't play defense, but the big 12 this year, you're looking across the board. And it's like, who's got the best defense. It might be Oklahoma state. They've played pretty well. And that offense, maybe will come along a little bit. I mean, they still got Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that, you know, I think the personally, I kind of think the big 12 is just out of the playoff race. In my opinion, I, I think Texas is going to stumble at some point because I don't trust their offensive line at all. I don't trust it at all. Um, and they're going to, they're going to fall apart at some point offensively because of that. But, um, man, uh, you, if they're big 12, you got to hope that one of the Oklahoma schools, uh, keeps winning. And you better hope Texas keeps winning. Otherwise, um, if you don't have two teams that are in the upper echelon like that because of strength of schedule, they're not going to have a playoff team. The College Football Daily will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think the rest of the playoff picture is going to come into focus soon. And maybe after Saturday, Auburn against Georgia. This is this is a great matchup. Number seven is what Auburn's ranked. Georgia's number four. Georgia's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. It's in Athens, 7.30 on ESPN. I'm kind of wondering why this isn't like the the game of the the day, um, but I, I I do think it will be sort of the game we go to bed on Saturday talking about. So tell me about this rivalry, Brandon, because you've you've lived in Auburn, you've you've covered the Tigers, you know Georgia very well. Um, it's it's pretty nasty, huh? Yeah, it's very nasty, and particularly amongst the players. You know, the the Iron Bowl with Alabama and Auburn, it's really among the fan bases. The, but it, for Auburn, Georgia, it's among the players because a lot of Auburn's players don't come from Alabama. They come from Georgia, and they come from the areas that Georgia recruits heavily in the Atlanta area, of course. And so those guys go after it. And Auburn's most talented guys seemingly are always from Georgia, and particularly on defense. Uh, in the past, it's been guys like first-rounders Derek Brown, you know, guys like that. But it's still it's still there this year. Big Cat Bryant for Auburn. And this is personal. These guys go at it uh, during the season, texting with each other. I know they do that even through the season. And then, of course, when it's game week, they're really going after it. And you will see some jawing out there, um, uh, maybe not on camera, but if you're in the stands, just everybody's going after it. It's nasty among the among the players. A little bit among the fans, but more so against the uh, among the players, which makes it so much fun to watch. And why I think, when you look at this rivalry, that uh, Georgia has been so dominant in Athens. Uh, they have just completely owned Auburn in Athens. They have made Gus Malzahn's offense look completely inept. Uh, Auburn has not won in Athens since 2005. And to be quite frank, in the seven, eight years I was there, at Auburn covering Auburn, Gus never came close to beating Georgia in Athens. His offense was terrible, absolutely terrible in every game I watched there. And so I wonder, with this Georgia defense, as good as it is, and I watched them in person last week against Arkansas, as much attention as everybody was giving Stetson Bennett at quarterback and the offense struggling a little bit in the first half, of course, that defense was just as impressive on the other side of the spectrum to me and I, I don't know how Auburn is going to be able to move the ball uh, effectively to be able to win in Athens. But what helps Auburn in this situation is that Georgia's offense really does look terrible to me. Even when Stetson Bennett was in there uh, against Arkansas and they blew out Arkansas in the second half, um, you could see the holes. The issue is the offensive line. They just don't have an elite offensive line this season. 
their receivers so so talented but they weren't running plays well for them they weren't running routes very well georgia was still attacking the middle of the field but you weren't getting that big play now maybe that changes here this week or in the coming weeks because as we've been reporting jt daniels a usc grad transfer he's been cleared medically to play they won't say if he's going to start or even if he's going to play but my gut feeling is is he's going to play off the bench and I think that this offense can get things going a little bit more. They'll throw more at him um, because they trust him more than Stetson Bennett, the former walk-on. And uh, I think this offense is going to look a little bit better this week against Auburn and in the weeks moving forward. So history tells you to go with, with Georgia in this one, but this is the first time going into this rivalry, really, that you've had some big questions about Georgia and the reason for that is because this game's always played in November. This is the first time since 1936 it's played outside the month of November, and it's so early in the season, we don't quite know if these teams have figured out their identities yet. And when you see Georgia struggling offensively the way they did at Arkansas, it leaves you to think, hey, maybe Auburn will break that spell this, this year, particularly with Bo Nix back at quarterback and them uh, spicing things up offensively with Chad Morris calling plays. I don't quite know what to expect in this game, to be quite honest. I almost want to side with Georgia because it is in Athens and Auburn just hasn't won there since 2005, but Georgia's got the questions. And also, how loud is it actually going to be there? I mean, it is electric there in Athens for this game. It's not going to be so electric this time around. I mean, that really affected Auburn in those games. I don't know if it affects them in this game because we're in the COVID era. Do you think it benefits Bo Nix to fly under the radar this week? Everyone's talking about Georgia's quarterbacks. And the rest of the SEC is talking about, you know, is Kellen Mong going to lose his job after Saturday? Yeah. And Bo yeah. Nix is just kind of, he's just kind of there, but he's also yeah. kind of a guy who's been a lightning rod player already in one year. This could be a statement game for him if, if he's good enough to pull it off. And I'm not sure if he is. Yeah, that's the thing. He's kind of just been average. He has maybe an above-average appearance like every five games, it seems like. And yeah, he's just a sophomore, and he, and he played as a true freshman. But I haven't seen that like wow moment really from him. And this is his opportunity to do so against, like I said, uh, probably the best defense in the SEC. And he's the type of player that welcomes these moments. And as you said, no one's really talking about him at this time, and maybe that's a good thing for him because as much as he says he's not bothered, bothered by pressure, a lot of games he went into last year, they, he was pumped up quite a bit by the coaching staff and also the media, and he ended up not performing very well. And uh, this week, you're not hearing anything about him. It's all on Stetson Bennett, JT Daniels. What's that Georgia offense going to look like? But um, I think as we saw against Kentucky with Auburn, they've got weapons, especially Seth Williams, that receiver of theirs, just going over above everybody to catch uh, touchdown passes. But um, it, as much as we talk about Kellen Mond, this being a now or never situation, I'm not saying that for Bo Nix, but if he wants to show that he is an elite quarterback in the SEC, you got to go on the road against teams that are kind of got questions this early in the season to beat them. I mean, you're not number 25 Auburn at number four Georgia. You're number seven Auburn at number four Georgia. There's not that much space between the two of you, according to the experts out there. There's not a big point spread. 
if you're an elite quarterback, you go in and you win that game. And if they don't, um, and Bo Nix looks average again or below average, he's going to have that stigma on him for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Uh, good stuff, Brandon. Before I let you go, uh, I'm just kind of looking at the rest of the schedule. And we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, so it'll run Friday morning. And you know, hopefully nothing in the next yeah. few hours happens to – yeah, I, I, to you know, cancel any games. You always are worried about that. Louisiana Appalachian State for um, that got postponed. But if I, I'm just gonna throw this throw this at you on the spot, and I'll go first to kind of let you get your bearings. If someone was like, "All right, Trey, you have to find a game with a double digit point spread that you have to pick an upset for," mm. I would go against all logic, like all <laughs> logic, and I would go South Carolina at Florida. Because Will Muschamp does yeah. something once a year that defies logic. They always play Florida close. I don't know what home field advantage means in 2020. I kind of like South Carolina's quarterback. I don't, I don't know. Florida's, Florida's flying really high. Are they hungover after the Ole Miss game? South Carolina looked pretty, pretty all right against Tennessee, which exceeded my expectations. I'll probably like, you know, this is probably, you know, flop on my face and it'll be like 35 to 13 and I look <laughs> yeah. dumb, but I just, I just want to throw that out there and you don't need, okay. like Brandon, you don't even have to suggest one. I just want to get that one. out there so there could be some audio of it because <laughs> if it does happen, I'm going to absolutely brag about it. But if you, if you have one, go ahead. I I've got one just to look at the odds and yep. also, um, what a beautiful video Will Muschamp was uh, allowed the world to see this past weekend. I'm upset he had to apologize for it. Ah, uh, he didn't need to apologize for it. I thought no. it was hilarious. By the way, the guy who made that video with him, Justin King, former coworker of mine, that's at right, al.com. <laughs> so I thought that was funny when I heard his name saying, "Yeah, it was just an inside joke between us." Okay, anyway, so I'm going to go with. <laughs> I hope I'm getting the line correct here. I'm looking at Vegas Insider, uh, Tulsa at Central Florida, UCF. UCF is a 21 and a half point favorite. I wouldn't be surprised if Tulsa keeps that within single digits. Yeah. I mean, Tulsa, like Tulsa muddied down Oklahoma state. Um, that's totally, I feel much more confident in your selection than I do Tulsa covering 21 and a half right now in a, in a line that has, uh, started at 19 in some, uh, books and has gone all the way up to 22 and now is hovering at 21 and a half. So, but I, I think Tulsa has the opportunity there just based off what I saw in the three quarters I watched of them against Oklahoma state in that season opener, their defense did pretty well. Yeah. They, uh, they're not going to be scared of UCF. Like I, I always think that's important. They've, they've played a team more talented, right. Than, than mm-hmm. the one they're going to face on Saturday. And while we're on UCF, I saw that McKenzie Milton, I don't think he's like going to play this season, but he's he's in pads yeah, and he's, he's practicing. Yeah, yeah that's really weird. cool. So we'll see what happens there. But anyway, so much to keep an eye on on Saturday. Should be a great weekend in college football. I feel bad even saying like, look, you think week five's great? Week six is going to be even better, but I won't because we're just going to we're supposed to just enjoy every Saturday. Is it Halloween's going to be the best though? It, there's is it? Some, there's good. Yes, there's going to okay. be some crazy upsets. Ooh, crazy spooky. upsets. I, I get the yeah, I get the feeling, man. If you look at that schedule and not even just ranked opponents, there's gonna be some weird games, those matchups. I love the matchups on Halloween across the country. There is nothing better than October football. And by that point, too, we'll have the Big Ten returning. That's what so I'm saying, man. Things are looking up. All right. Thanks to Brandon Marcello for joining us. Thank you to our producer, Tony Levitt, for putting this thing together. My name is Trey Scott. 
We'll talk to you on Monday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Enjoy your weekend. Sunday after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after the Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.